This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tecova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovas.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Whether you're just looking to stay warm during a hunt or need maximum concealment, the clothing you wear can make or break a hunt. At MidwayUSA.com, we understand hunting clothing has come a long way with more meticulously crafted camo patterns, advanced scent control technologies, and weatherproof options to withstand the elements. Hunters have to wait until their favorite season, but shouldn't wait on gear, which is why MidwayUSA offers super-fast shipping. When you're ready for your next system, log on to MidwayUSA.com. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This is Captain Jeff, the Lunker Dog, and thanks for tuning in to another episode of the Real Guy Podcast. Great podcast today on eight days that I spent with Bill Dance. Did three different episodes with the gentleman. Stand-up guy, everybody has their Bill Dance story. This is my Bill Dance story. I feel like I spent a lifetime with Bill Dance in eight days. Today's episode is brought to you by Kettle and Fire. Kettle and Fire makes bone broth, Kato soup, and classic soups. If you're into healthy gut, healthy lifestyle, better immunity system, Kettle and Fire's for you. Go to kettleandfire.com, give them the waypoint, promo code, and receive 15% off of any order. That's kettleandfire.com. Give them the promo code Waypoint to get 15% off. Also brought to you by the Boatyard in Fort Lauderdale. If you enjoy the nautical lifestyle, you can go by boat, you can go by car. Enjoy the great menu. Always a good thing, always a great atmosphere. I'm sure you will like the Boatyard in Fort Lauderdale. Thanks for tuning into the Real Guy Podcast. I hope you guys enjoy. Clear the airwaves. The Lunker Dog is on the air. Are you ready? This is the Real Guy Podcast. Let me uh, let me tell you guys about my story with Bill Dance. Because it was pretty big in my life. And um, I've listened to Bill Dance on a lot of different podcasts and interviews and stuff like that. And him being the, the pro that he is. He stays on point and, um, you know, kind of hams it up a little bit and very consistent in the storytelling and the podcast that I've heard 
with Bill over the years. But um, there's some things that I wanted to talk about that I want to make sure everybody really understands the beauty of the Bill Dance and the Bill Dance Show. And not only was he kind of the first in an era, but I also think, well, I don't think, I know, he persevered and lasted through TV all the way to what it is now. And I wouldn't say TV is over, but TV is not what it used to be. Magazines is not what it used to be. And Bill Dance, because of the character that the guy has, and when I mean character, I don't mean the character on the TV show. I mean his character is, um, I don't know how do you say it. It's about as real as you can get. And a lot of Bill Dance reminds me of the old school guys like my dad and boat builders and entrepreneurs. And before all this crazy, you know, big giant corporate stuff, was guys like Bill Dance, they had their own gig. And because they were super pros, because they worked so hard, because they tried to really give people, you know, a quality product, all comes out in this show, which shows his character. But one of the things that uh, I wanted to make sure in this podcast, I wanted people to understand the huge respect I have for Bill Dance and the Bill Dance Show. I also am extremely grateful. And the reason I'm grateful is because when Bill Dance called me to do Tarpon here in Fort Lauderdale, he didn't know me. But what he did do is... He reached out through his network of people. His network of people, um, specifically, Mamoy Fishing Lines. The guy who worked at Mamoy Fishing Lines was a sponsor of the original uh, Bill Dance Saltwater Show. And um, he knew Tom Green. Tom Green, if you guys haven't heard the podcast I did last summer with Tom Green, please do. The guy is... Um, Living legend down here in Fort Lauderdale. Mom and pop tackle store that has done things um, the right way for so long. Always been the innovator. Always been ahead of the game. Always cared about customer service. Tom Green was the guy um, down here in South Florida. He was the industry guy. He was the tackle guy. And um, go back and listen to the whole story about Tom Green if you haven't. But anyway... Momoy had a relationship with Tom Green. So Momoy reached out to Tom Green, and they wanted to find out who Bill Dance should use down here to catch tarpon. And they specifically wanted to do Fort Lauderdale, North Miami. And the reason they wanted to do Fort Lauderdale, North Miami, is because the big sponsor Brass Pro Shops is here. And they were, you know, the closer they can get to the nearest Bass Pro Shop was um, what they were trying to accomplish. And you got to realize, this was 11 years ago. You know, so... Lots changed in the last 11 years, especially with TV and social media and the way they do the shows now and who does the sponsorship. But back then, it was still kind of like, um, you know, the big boys were just learning about the YouTubers and Bass Pro Shops. You know, it was important for them to do the show here in Broward County. So anyway, Momoy reached out to Tom Green. Tom Green says, well, if you really want to catch Tarpon and... In, in Broward County, you should really call Jeff Maggio, the Lunker Dog. So um, 
they had this conversation and Tommy called me and it's not like I never talked to Tommy, but when Tommy calls, it's priority and I pick up the phone and he said, um, this fella from Mamoy Fishing Line is going to be calling you and I don't want to get, you know, your hopes up or anything or any names, but if this guy from Mamoy calls you, you know, pick up the phone, make sure you talk to him and um, I told him to call you and um, I kind of said, okay, Tom, sure, thanks, appreciate it, you know. And um, I didn't really think too much about it for a long time. And um, my phone rings one day, and it's Bill Dance. And I'm sitting in my office, and um, the guy says, Hey, this is Bill Dance. You know, this is Captain Jeff. And I said, Yeah, it sure is. And I'm listening on the phone, and I'm thinking to myself, Is this, this is really Bill Dance? Like, is one of my fool buddies, you know, playing a trick on me? This is a crank call. And, you know, this kind of thing is going through my mind. And Mr. Dance is explaining what, uh, why he's calling and what he'd like to do. And, you know, as he's getting into it, I, I you know, I, I'm realizing this is, man, this is really Bill Dance. And I've done a lot of TV over the years. But I, this was the first TV show that I ever, um, where somebody actually called me. To be on a fishing TV show. I did reality TV with Lamont. Um, years before that. But that was like taking out. You know other celebrities. So they could have a day of fishing. You know it wasn't a fishing show. It was like in a fix. And Miami Inc. And that kind of TV. So it was like production. It wasn't fishing TV. It wasn't my peers. So. As it starts to sink in. That I'm actually. You know, talking to Bill Dance on the phone and, and going over strategy on how to shoot a TV show here in Fort Lauderdale about the Silver King, about the Tarpon. I mean, it's like really, it was overwhelming. And, um, you know, we talked for about 15, 20 minutes on the phone and he was going to get back to me with some exact dates. And it was about three months later but it was by the time we actually ended up going fishing for three months i actually was on pins and needles no lie there wasn't a day that went by that i wasn't thinking about geez when when am i going to go fishing with bill when am i going to do this tv show with bill and to me i mean it was huge like huge and you know the butterflies were setting in and it was, you know, hard, you know, to carry on day after day, not knowing when this was going to happen. I mean, it was like somebody just chirping in my ear the whole time. And um, finally, Bill called up and we, we got some dates together. And I was, if I didn't have a client out, I was pre-fishing, getting ready for this TV show. And... Um, when the show came, you know, it was like the uh, second week in, in May, which is a great time down here to catch tarpon. The tarpon were all over Fort Lauderdale. But it still kept me awake at night wondering if I was going to have Bill Dance on, if I was going to be fishing ass to ass with this guy and if the fishing was going to be any good. It couldn't, I couldn't help it. It just it was in the back of my mind. And I couldn't sleep. And I, it was just killing me. But um, but anyway, he came down and 
it got to be really real because we're talking back and forth about logistics. Now coming to Fort Lauderdale with a full camera crew, it's basically they had two trucks full of camera equipment and microphones and just everything you needed to shoot a TV show. And back then, you know, the equipment was heavy. I mean, we, cameras were huge, big, you know, um, what do you call it? Big containers and uh, boxes for these things. And um, he came down. He had uh, two cameramen and a sound guy. Um, so it was, it was a big deal. And they were coming to Fort Lauderdale. And we're going back and forth about logistics. And, of course, he had the Mako boat. Mako was, this, you know, was the, was the sponsor and Bass Pro Shop from Hawaii. Quantum. I can't remember who else. But anyway, um, they were... Uh, coming to town he had the boat and here in Fort Lauderdale we don't have any space so Bill wanted to know where he could put you know his boat the night he got here and then you know a couple of nights afterwards you know while we shot the show and I told him that I had a driveway that was extra long that he could just pull it in my driveway so as I'm waiting for Bill Dance to come to my driveway to my house I'm thinking to myself is this you know it just seems so weird. I mean, I've been watching Bill Dance on TV since I can remember watching fishing shows on TV. So this, I'm waiting for this guy in my, in my living room to pull up in my front yard with his boat to put it in my driveway. Now, of all the real guys things you can do is um, help somebody with their boat. Because boats are a pain in the ass, no matter which way you cut it, <laughs> no matter what you're dealing with. Boats are boats, and I'm helping Bill dance with his boat. And then as we start to put this thing together, as I am learning a little bit about Mr. Dance, and the thing that struck me um, and really kind of floored me, because everybody thinks about Bill Dance, and they think about his bloopers and, you know, his goofy, you know, jokes, and he's kind of, you know, funny and that kind of thing. But what you don't understand is the guy's work ethic and his drive to make sure that his shows get done. And I learned very quickly dealing with Bill that he was an ultimate professional that way, meticulous. And um, I also realized the role that I was playing and how important that role is when Bill schedule, schedules doing the shows. The other thing, too, that was new was this was Bill Dance's first saltwater show that, that he produced himself, Bill, Bill Dance Outdoors, saltwater. So this was new to him. So he's learning and figuring out um, the best ways for him to also shoot and get his TV shows done. And I realized that not only am I you know, going to be able to go fishing with this guy. But for a short amount of time, we're going to be business partners. I mean, it's good for my business because people see me fishing with Bill Dance and I'm going to get trips. I'm going to get recognition. It's a big deal. You spend a lot of time, money, and energy in business, you know, on reputation and recognition and that kind of thing. So I'm thinking of from my standpoint, is all business. And then I'm realizing from his standpoint, it's all business, which makes us partners and getting this show done. 
Bill rolls in here about 9 o'clock at night. And I remember my kid was only about two years old at the time. So rolling in at 9 o'clock at night was uh, perfect because the kid was going to be asleep and, you know, everything was going to be at rest around here. I could help him with his boat and get him situated and make sure that everything was going to be good for the following morning. So at 9 o'clock at night in the driveway, we're talking about what we're going to do about it in the morning, and I'm telling him where to meet me and um, kind of how, you know, the cameras are going to work and who's going to be on which boat and how we're going to do the sound and everything. And at 5.30 in the morning, we get up, and we meet at 15th Street Boat Ramp right down here in Fort Lauderdale. And um, sun's not up, and the other guys show up. And we're loading equipment on and off the boats. And um, I couldn't sleep the night before. I was just, my adrenaline was going so hard and so fast and my mind was racing. And we get all the stuff and I already want to be on the water because, you know, being a tarpon fisherman is you want to be out there when it's dark. You want to be there early. You want to be there late. But one of the things that I didn't realize, that I didn't realize till Bill got here was... It did no, did no good getting there super early when it was dark because they can't shoot TV in the dark anyway. So we're going to get up early, but we're going to meet down at the ramp, and most of it's going to be production stuff. I'm thinking to myself, man, I need bait. I need to do a few things. But they wanted to get all that on camera, so they didn't want anything to start till the sun got up. And I don't mean like, you know, to where you could see. They needed the sun up so those cameras would work, so the film would look... Um, you know, the right way. They couldn't have it, you know, a little grainy or whatever. And um, that was one of the learning curves, you know, that I, I went through, you know, um, doing the TV show because, you know, I wasn't thinking about that. So now that's one of the new things that I'm thinking about, which, of course, makes it a little bit harder. But fortunate for us, there was plenty of fish out there, and um, getting out there after the sun came up wasn't the biggest deal. So we get out there and um, we start going up the river and the boat traffic starts and Bill's kind of looking at me like, I don't know, I'm not, you know, I've never shot TV in any atmosphere like this. I mean, you know how it is in Fort Lauderdale. We got water taxis going by. We got tugboats going by. We got 120, 140 footers going by consistently. Not every once in a while. I mean, like all the time. Not only is Bill... Never shot TV in this kind of atmosphere before. I don't think he's ever seen this kind of atmosphere before. Where the canals are less than 100 feet wide and the boats are huge and the fish are all in there. And I mean, it's real downtown urban fishing. This ain't no bass pond in fucking Tennessee. So anyway, Bill's looking at me like, are we going to be able to do this? Like, is there really fish in here? And um, we got our baits out and... The fish started biting immediately. And um, it took them just a little bit to get situated with the camera boat and how everything was going to work and what was going to happen when a water taxi went by or what was going to happen when a big boat went by or what was going to happen when we got stuck at the train bridge or, you know, all the little things that happened now here in this urban fishing area was all a learning curve for Bill and his camera crew. But the fishing was good. And circle hooks were kind of new. Braid was kind of new. The tackle we're using 
wasn't exactly what you would call the stuff that I would use on my boat. And the reason we're using this kind of tackle is because it's sponsor-driven, which was also something that I wasn't ready for. I wasn't ready to be using bait casting rods or bait casting reels, I should say, with braid on them and stiff rods. But these were the products that they wanted to push. So this was the products that we had to use. So we had to improvise, we had to adapt. But what did that actually mean? I mean, it was going to be just a little bit harder, just a little bit more complicated to get some of these fish to the boat. And it showed. There was a few things, you know, when you're tarpon fishing, you lose a lot of fish. It's just the way it goes. But Bill Dance was also a bass guy. And we were using circle hooks and braid and fast action rods. So to ask a bass guy not to set the hook, not to react when a strike happens, let the rod bend over and just crank the handle was very difficult for Bill. It's difficult for friggin' just about anybody that's never done it before. But Bill, with all those years of wiggling worms on the bottom and stuff, or doing crankbaits and, I mean, just crazy-ass wild um, largemouth bass hook sets. I mean, that was ingrained in his DNA. That was ingrained in his <laughs> mindset. And um, the first day that we shot, we missed 18 fish in one day. And I'm thinking to myself how great it is for the fishing to be this good and how unlucky can I be to be with Bill Dance and to shoot this show and to have all these fish jumping on the bait and haven't been able to get one in the boat and it's getting dark, it's getting to the end of the day and we still haven't got a fish to the boat. Now, we got fish jumping. We got bills with the rod bent over. We got all sorts of footage, but what we don't have is that money shot of Bill Dance. The money shot of Bill Dance with the big giant fish, you know, which he puts at the end of every single show. The rocky moment of the fishing show. 18 tarpon, and we didn't get Nan to the boat. We lost them by breaking lines. We lost them to pilings. We lost them by hook setting. We lost them. You name it, we lost them. And Bill was getting a little bit frustrated. Even though he was having the time of his life trying to catch these fish, he was getting a little bit frustrated. And it's frustrating. The tarpon were keeping Bill Dance right in the balls. And it was more than just tarpon fishing. It was an episode. It was business. Let's just say the stress level at least for me, was pretty high. I think the stress level for Bill was pretty high, too. You'd have to ask him, but I don't know. He's been in that situation before. Not salt water, but he's been on that situation before, doing hundreds and hundreds of shows. I think he was taking it a little bit better than me, but it was killing me. So the second day of filming, the fishing isn't near as good. It's good, but it's not near as good. And I think we were on, I don't know, maybe eight or nine strikes for the day. And it was getting towards the end of the day and we still didn't have a big fish to the boat. And Bill looks at me and he says, you know, we only got about 30, 40 minutes of sunlight left where we can keep filming for today. He says, we really got to, you know, make this all come together. He thought he had plenty of footage 
to show everything else but the money shot. So he was thinking, oh, maybe we'll do a show on how you don't get them every time. In the back of my mind, it's just driving me crazy because the fishing is just on fire. And we're going through these learning curves trying to get these tarp into the boat. So I told Bill, I said, listen, the next fish that hits, the next fish that hits, I said, don't do anything. I said, leave the rod in the rod holder. Don't pick up the rod hold. Don't pick up the rod out of the rod holder until the fish jumps twice. Bill was losing a lot of fish on the jumps. Bowing to the king was always hard. The hook set thing was tough for him. So I just wanted him to leave the rod in the rod holder so the fish jumped twice. So the next fish comes up and Bill leaves it in the rod holder and he smashes the bait perfectly and takes off and does a jump. And then Bill runs for the rod and I grab him and I said, listen, don't touch the rod. Don't touch the rod. The fish jumps again and kind of like wins himself. And then I was like, great, get the, get the rod, get the rod. Bill picks up the, the rod, fights the fish and we get the 80 pounder to the boat. And we got two days of filming in, and everybody's excited because now they're going to be able to edit the whole show and do everything that he needs. And we got the big fish to the boat, and everybody's pretty friggin' amped up. And everybody thinks it's over, except for Bill. Bill tells everybody now that we got the big fish if we can film for one more day. Now realize we've been on the boat together. For nine hours a day for the last two days. Everybody's tired. Sunbeat. It's not exactly what you would call comfortable out here in the middle of May. So um, Bill wants to get up the next day and just do some interviews and kind of sit on the river where we've been fishing and talk about how the episodes went. And um, so it was kind of like telling everybody, okay, we're going to work one more day. But that was Bill's nature. Bill's was... Um, semi-workaholic you know what I mean I mean he had that kind of passion that kind of drive where he just you know he wanted to make sure everything was right he wanted to make sure he had all the right fish so the very last day we end up filming getting up in the morning and just doing interviews on the river trying to um tie the tie the pieces together so they could edit it and while we're sitting there leaving the rods in the rod holder we catch another one or two small tarpon that they were able to edit in and really make the show, you know, kind of bang up. So that's the way the, the, the first episode went. And I realized I did three different shoots with Bill Dance. And the first was definitely the most stressful for me, definitely the hardest. And, um, but it was a stepping stone. And what I mean by a stepping stone is when you do those episodes is, is everybody's mic'd up so everybody can hear everybody. So Bill, who filmed with Bill Jr., which was his son, this other guy, Pete, and one other dude that I can't remember his name anymore. But these guys filmed together all day, every day, like we did for this episode for years. So it was kind of like fishing with <laughs> somebody's, you know, family, somebody's, you know, Bill was like the father figure, which he was to one of the guys. And the other two guys have known him forever. So they knew each other's characters. They knew how to joke with one another. They would pick on each other. And those three guys were like that. And I'm new to it. So I'm learning, you know, the boundaries, let's just say, of these guys. 
And as we're as we're losing the fish, you can hear, you know, <laughs> you can hear the other guys talking about, oh man, if you just would have got this and we did that right, we'd be done. And you know, you just you can you can hear everybody's conversation. So it was kind of a unique, you know, way to get to know these guys. They all knew each other, and I was the outsider, you know, listening in. Now Lamont, he 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 actually got on um, Bill Junior's boat and helped him you know, get shots and actually helped him with uh, the sound and the mics and some of the things that they needed to get the show done. Lamont, you know, was familiar in that. And um, as we introduced, you know, each other, they invited him along. So um, really, really, you know, different. Uh, something that I wasn't that familiar with and nor did I ever think that far. But anyway, the first shoot, we got the show done, and everybody felt real good about everything, and uh, Bill Dance went on his way, and about eight months later, the show gets on TV. And like I said, I'd never been on TV before. Of all the guys that I know that had TV shows and the magazines and everything, never once did one of those saltwater dudes invite me to be on their show on TV, but Bill Dance the biggest guy in the industry for the very first show that I do invites me to be on the show. Kind of ironic. But that's one of the reasons why I'm so grateful to Mr. Dance. He didn't know me. But he had a good network of people between Mamoy and Tom Green that he had faith that we were going to get it done. So anyway, this, the episode comes out and uh, I can remember distinctly that it was on the same day as the Super Bowl, which I really think had a lot to do with the exposure that we got on that first show. Because it was on Sunday morning before the Super Bowl. Let's just say of all the days in the year where people are going to sit down and watch TV, Super Bowl Sunday is one of them. Super Bowl Sunday before the show, and of course I'm promoting like crazy on YouTube and um, Facebook Twitter, and I'm telling everybody, you know, screaming at the top of my lungs that I'm going to be fishing with Bill Dance on Super Bowl Sunday. Make sure you turn in, tune in, 11 a.m. I think it was the, what was it called back then, the Outdoor Channel. So anyway, I think that had a big deal, you know, but when the show aired, my phone lit up. And when I mean lit up, it's not like today. You know, today people will text, people will message, people will email. Back then, people called, people picked up the phone, they dialed the guy's phone number. At the end of the show, they put my cell phone number up and said, if you want to catch Tarpon, call Captain Jeff, and they had my cell phone number. I'll never forget the first day. I booked 52 trips in one day from being on the Bill Dan Show. And I booked quite a few trips the whole week after but that one day was just insane they show your phone number on the tv and people pick up their phone and they call you it was pretty nuts and um very rewarding for a fishing guide like me in that stage in my career because i'd been full-time fishing for i don't know call it eight or nine years at that time so to get on the bill bill dance show 
was a huge break. I mean, that went from me struggling to get by at 150 trips a year to breaking the 200 trip a year mark, which is a huge deal for, for a fishing guide. So thankful that I was able to do that. And I give Bill Dance Show, the outdoor, Bill Dance Outdoor Show, just a ton of credit and crazy amount of gratitude. But that was just my first um, recording with Bill. So let's just call it like, you know, like we really got to know each other. You know what I mean? Like before Bill Dance was a figure, an icon to me, and now he was a friend. And we went through this learning curve together. And we started to develop a little bit of respect for one another. And that's where the relationship ended after the first episode. So as I'm getting credit, you know, for, you know, doing the show with dance, you know, in the fishing world. I mean, it's a fishing guide. I mean, you know, it doesn't get much better. At least at that. Well, dude, it just don't get much better than doing TV with Bill Dance. If you're a fishing guide. So let's call that first show and that first experience and that first part of our relationship a learning process. It was a learning process for me because I'd never done a TV show like that before. It was a learning process for Bill because he didn't know me and he hadn't done a saltwater um, episode on or on Tarpon anyway with Bill Dance Outdoors yet. And um, it was a great experience, but it was just the beginning, at least for me. Because about two years after the first show, Bill called me back to do another show. And he told me how much he enjoyed um, getting his ass handed to him by all those tarpon and making the show and that it stuck with him. And it was like fishing that he'd never done before. And he wanted to do it again. So this time, it's not, you know, near as nerve-wracking for me. I kind of knew what I was getting into. I already developed a friend friendship with the guy. So now it was just all business. It was about getting the next show done. And at that time, um, I don't know. I guess the Bill was definitely more familiar with where he was going with his TV. And he had the out, he had uh, two freshwater shows going and a saltwater show going but at that time YouTube was starting to become real popular and TV views were going down and it was a new phenomena that you know people were going to watch other forms of media beside TV and at the same time my YouTube channel was freaking out I mean we were doing a million views a month every month so we're every bit as big as TV. It was just YouTube, and people didn't understand the, the power of YouTube at the time. And Bill damn sure didn't understand it. He was learning as fast as he could. But, he, you know, he, he, he wasn't getting it. And the other thing that changed in those years between the first show and the second show was camera equipment. Camera equipment started to become digital and small and compact. But Bill and them were still filming kind of the old way with the old cameras. So not only was um, media changing, but so was the equipment. And 
Bill probably for the first time with Bill Dance Outdoors has started to get behind the curve. And Bill had to had to do all three of those shows to get the same number of viewers that he had previously with just freshwater shows. So he's basically his workload is 300% more to get the same amount of viewers as TV was losing those viewerships to YouTube. And I knew this was happening and I understood it a lot better than, um, than of course anybody in the Bill Dance Outdoors did. But it was still TV and it was still Bill Dance. And we talked a lot about TV and where it was going. And um, when we shot the second episode, we really became what I would call friends. And if you spend, you know, days on out with people, especially while you're fishing, you develop a different type of relationship. And that's what was happening with Bill and I, the second show. Also, Bill was way more comfortable with the tarpon in the second show. And we pretty much just crushed him. Fishing was phenomenal. We still did it in the river here back before it was too polluted and there was just a ton of fish in this river. But, um, so everything was a little bit easier for everybody. It was a lot more, I wouldn't say relaxed because Bill's just a, uh, just a nut about work. But the fishing was good, and we got some nice fish to the boat the first day. And um, we got a giant fish to the boat on the last day, you know, like a huge 100-pounder. And the three days of filming went like clockwork. And we were yucking it up and having fun, cracking on each other. The film crew was, everybody was comfortable, and no holds barred with that. And you can imagine what those conversations were like. I knew Bill's son, you know, in a whole different way, the second show, than I did the first show. I knew Pete, the cameraman, a whole different way. Those guys knew that if they got on the boat with me, that it was going to be, you know, all business. They knew that um, I could help them make their days just a little bit easier. And I just felt like we had a great working relationship and we be all became real friends. And I think it's normal, you know, when a group of men get together and they're trying to accomplish the same goal and they're working hard as they can to achieve that goal and everybody has a role in achieving that goal, that's when you can develop an honest relationship with people. So I spent three more days with Bill Dance and we do this knockout show, just unbelievable. I mean, Bill gets a hundred pounder in the back of the river and these little small canals and we're able to pull the fish to the shore and um, jump out of the boat and show the fish off. And it was just a home run of a fishing show. And, of course, it was good for Bill Downs Outdoors. It was great for Lunker Dog. Everybody was happy. That year was the year we went to ICAST for the first time. Uh, I hadn't seen Bill except for the days that we were filming together at ICAST. But before I get to the ICAST thing, my kid was like five years old during the second Bill, show, Bill Dance show. And when Bill came over to my house, 
Victoria knew who Bill Dance was because she watched us on TV from previously. So her <laughs> perspective on things, it was like, you know, this huge dynamic figure was over there hanging out with her dad. So she was somewhat starstruck by the whole thing. Not like I wasn't, but she was at five years old. And she's waiting for Mr. Dance to uh, pull up in the driveway with the boat this time. And we had shot all day, and we're bringing the boat back, and there's the kid staying up late so she can meet Bill Dance. She's standing on the front porch, and Bill picks up the kid, puts her right in the arm like it was his grandchild or something, and says, hey, Victoria Rose, you sure are beautiful, and looked right at my kid like it was one of his own. So not only did uh, we become friends, the personal aspect of being friends was totally different. Thank God that show went so much better. But then the next time I saw Bill was the summer afterwards at ICAST. And of course, Bill at ICAST is like, you know, hanging out with the president or something. Everybody knows him. Everybody says hi. People want to take pictures with him. And um, I just happened to be hanging out with the guys from Saltstrong. Um, we're walking around, and that was the first time I really got to know the guys from Saltstrong that well. But anyway, we're walking around ICAST together, and um, they're like, oh, look, there's Bill Dance. And I says to the guys, I said, would you like to meet him? Which was somewhat surreal for me because, like, you know, <laughs> who the hell am I to be like, hey, you want to meet Bill Dance? But because of the two shows we did together, because of the relationship we had, we walk over and see Bill Dance, and... I hadn't seen him in a while, and he reaches out and gives me a big hug, and I introduced Joe and Luke to him, and he couldn't be as nice as you could ask for, of course. Typical Bill Dance. He made the guys from Salt Strong feel like a million bucks. I think they still have a relationship with him even today. And that's just the way Bill was. But it was cool to see him after six days of fishing with him. It was cool to uh, see him in a di different atmosphere where we didn't have that big job to do. And to sit there and yuck it up with him like you were old friends. But when you do that many days together and you accomplish goals together, you are real friends and the relationship is totally different. But I realized that um, when I saw Bill at ICAST, he reminded me a lot of my old man. Like, he wasn't going to stop going to ICAST. He wasn't going to stop filming. He wasn't going to stop doing anything, no matter how old he was getting. It was in him. It's still in him, even to this day. I don't know how he still does it, but he still shows up and does the things. I'm not sure how old he is anymore. But that brings me into the third time we shot together. And the third time we shot together was a little bit different. I'm so crazy busy with trips that um, my mindset was different. Bill, trying to keep the pace of doing freshwater and saltwater shows and keeping his viewership up, in my opinion, was working himself to death. Maybe I shouldn't say that. He was working himself ragged. That's probably a better way to say it. In the sun and the salt, and his age, things weren't getting any easier. 
And then the third time we tried to film, fishing wasn't so forgiving. It was a little bit harder. Every strike mattered. And Bill was trying to schedule this trip because he was coming back from doing another saltwater trip from the Keys. And he figured he'd piggyback the two trips. So the schedule he was on was grueling and, and relentless. And like I said, he wasn't getting any younger. And I could tell as soon as I saw him when we were trying to get that last episode done that he was at the end of his string. This poor guy was ward out. But his nature was to keep going, and he did. And you could tell he was tired, and he was limping, and he wasn't exactly feeling it, but we got those boats in the water, we got the film crew ready, and we went out there, and fishing was a little tough. I think we caught one little small fish. And we, we hooked a couple others, and we jumped a couple more, but fishing was tough. And the second day, fishing was not much better. Except Bill was going on no sleep in this crazy schedule. And the, he was actually nodding off as we were waiting for the strikes, and we were waiting for him. Fishing was not spectacular that third time. And a fish comes up and grabs his line and kind of catches him off guard. And I kind of, you know, get a little bit adamant. And... We lose the fish, and at that point, we went back to the dock for the day. And when we got back to the dock, and we got the boat ramp, we got the boats out of the water, Bill decided that was it. It was just a little bit too much of a workload to keep going, and we didn't have enough footage to actually put a full show together. Bill wanted four or five fish to the boat, for the most part. And um, we only got a couple of fish to the boat and they were nothing spectacular. And you could see the dismay in his face that we weren't going to be able to get that third episode. I felt horrible about it. I also felt horrible about putting so much pressure on Bill to get a fish to the boat. I mean, I realized his work schedule. I realized the situation he was in. But intensity levels were up. And shit was not coming together. And I knew. I knew that it was hard on Bill. But he called it. He says, we're not gonna we're not we're not gonna be able to put this one up. We're not gonna be able to make an episode out of it. And it was hard for all of us. I didn't exactly feel like a failure or nothing, but man, I sure would have liked to, of course, accomplish the goal. And that's what we all did before. That's how we became friends. That's what we were all there for. The agony of defeat. It was huge. And I wasn't taking it that great. And as we're packing up, and as we're at 5th, this all happened at the 15th Street boat ramp here in Fort Lauderdale. As we're packing up, and our tailor bit between our legs, and we realized that the last episode we were supposed to do was a failure. It was the first time that it's ever happened to me before. Now, Bill had done hundreds and hundreds and hundreds of shows, so I'm sure this isn't the first time that it happened to him. As much as he didn't like it, as much as he 
He had a hard time swallowing it. He realized that we weren't going to get the show done. And even under those circumstances, at the end of the day, he gave me that big Bill Dance smile and he gave me a hug. And he told me, he says, this just wasn't our time. And then he packed up and we went off. And I didn't really talk to him for a little while. And then I ran into him again, I think at ICAST and the Bass Pro Shop somewhere. And we talked and yucked it up a bit. And I could truly say that I had a lifetime with Bill Dance and eight days of fishing with him. I wouldn't trade it for anything. There's not anybody in the industry, industry that I have more respect for. There isn't anybody in the industry that I'm more grateful to. And that's my Bill Dance story. And I thank God every day that I got one. Thanks for listening to the Real Guy Podcast. This is a podcast for real guys, by real guys. And that is my Bill Dance story. Thanks for tuning in and run that dog.